0: welcome everybody and thanks for joining me for easter sunday service that music set by the way was from last year's new zealand and beyond conference thank you for joining me today it's so good to have you with us even though it is online this is day 18 of isolation and lockdown in new zealand so i thought maybe we could start with a little bit of humor if you don't mind So the story is of a man who went on a vacation to the Holy Land with his wife and his mother-in-law. While we're there, the mother-in-law dies. So they go to the undertaker who says, look, we can ship her back to your homeland for $2,500 plus, or we can bury her here in the Holy Land for just $250. Man thought about it and said, we'll ship her back home. The undertaker was a bit shocked. He thought, hey, why would you do that? It's so expensive. We can do a really good job here in the Holy Land. The man said, look, a few thousand years ago, they buried a man here in the Holy Land and he rose again after three days. I just can't take that chance. Well, mother-in-laws, hope you don't mind. I think most of you are great. So COVID-19, wow, amazing. You watch the news, over one and a half million are now infected. Somewhere around 90,000 plus people have died, and the overwhelming picture is a world out of control. However, for Christians, we are citizens of another kingdom. We're not in the kingdom of darkness where all is gloom and despair. We are in the kingdom of light, and that makes all the difference so we can have tremendous peace and hope and confidence even in the midst of this disaster, if you like, because we know that the world may be out of control but God is in control. Always has been, always will be, he's on the throne. Please don't forget that in the midst of this crisis. So right now with COVID-19 we are in, the thought that comes to me, a moment in history. This kind of thing only happens every one to 200 years and the history books are going to record this as this massive event that happened in 2020. And guess what? You and I are a part of this moment in history. You and I were there, as it were. So I wanna encourage you to see this whole thing quite differently. We need to maximize our time in this moment of history. Don't think just how can I get through this, but what are you gonna do in this time? Because years to come, you're gonna look back and you're gonna think, how did I respond? What did I do in that moment in history? And I trust that you will maximize it, develop some rich habits in your life, maybe more time with the family, with the husband or wife, the kids, uh, more time with God, doing some significant things in your life. Because this is a moment that we, you and I, we are never going to forget. We are a part of history. And let's just make sure we keep that in the back of our minds, because I think that will impact the way we deal with this period of time. Don't see today as just another day. No, no, it's a moment in history. Lock that into your heart, your mind and your spirit and let it impact you. We need to ask this question. During this crisis, ask yourself, what is God saying? And what is God doing in this moment what is he saying to you what is he saying to the church and i want to try and answer both of those questions today when you think of easter the death and resurrection of jesus it was the greatest moment in history nothing will ever compare with that moment and think about that this what you do with this moment in history it will affect your life more than anything else ever will in fact it will affect your life for all eternity we're talking about the moment of moments in all of history it's an exciting time to be celebrating Easter Sunday together so here's the first question what's God doing in your life here we go Genesis 50 verse 20 As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. These are incredible words from Joseph, a man who suffered more than most of us ever will in our lives. And he ends up saying, God meant it for good. You know the story. He was hated by his brothers. They threw him into a pit. He was meant to be left to die there. He ends up being falsely accused and in prison. And a prison, it wasn't like prisons today. You can These are terrible prisons that he was put in there for a number of years. And uh, he went from one trial to another trial to another struggle. And this went on, I don't know how long it was, probably for over a decade. And yet, he's able to say... That despite all this evil that was worked against me, God not only meant it for good, but God actually worked it for incredible good in Joseph's life. And I think the message for all of us today and what you are facing, yeah, this crisis, but other crises that you go through is that God is working it all for your amazing good. Believing that truth is a game breaker. It changes everything. If you can start to think this is going to work for my good, you can't see it. It looks difficult. It looks impossible. But hey, God is the God of the impossible. And we're going to see, and even through Joseph, no matter how bad it gets, God can bring tremendous good out of it. And he wants to do that for you. You think of Easter. All the powers of darkness... All the demon spirits from it conspired together to nail Jesus to a cross. The ultimate suffering, the humiliation that Jesus went through was worked for the greatest good the world would ever know, which is your salvation, my salvation, the salvation of the world. So here's the point the greatest evil ever done was worked. For the greatest good that's the message of easter and that's the message for you today and god wants to work so much good for you but for the negative things in our lives to really work right and work out well for us there's a principle that we have to understand adrian and i as some of you will know we spent three years as missionaries in the philippines and it went from bad to worse uh, some of you know the story. It was it was really very, very difficult. A traumatic and a tough time. I remember we'd walk at nights looking for light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, we'd walk kilometer after kilometer after kilometer, but we never found the light at the end of the tunnel, certainly not during those three years we are in the Philippines. It wasn't until years later that we realized what God did. But what I want you to understand is that what helped us through, we got through by the skin of our teeth. Seriously, we could have, I mean, we could have lost the whole shooting box. It was, it was tough. But what got us through was our pastor, he had a signature message. And his signature message was this. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what anyone does to you, keep your heart right. Don't get bitter. Don't get twisted. He went on to say, if you keep your heart right, you'll come out of this in a better place and God's plan and purposes for your life will not be thwarted. I wanna tell you today that to this very day, decades later, those words, keep your heart right, ring in our hearts, our minds and spirits and gives us great strength to come through the things that the other things that we've had to face during the course of our lives. It really has helped us. So the last of one's freedoms is to choose how you respond to a crisis. No one can take that right from you. Nobody on the planet. It's your choice. You have a choice to come out of this crisis better or bitter. And it's entirely in your hands. And I I believe and I'm trusting that you are going to come out of this a whole lot better than you did. Don't sabotage your own future. You don't need to because God's got a great future in store for you. Joseph, the key for Joseph, he kept his heart right. Not only that, he trusted that God was in control all the way through with everything that happened, he could see the hand of God at work for him. So I wanna encourage you to make this decision today. As you listen on Easter Sunday, seriously, if you can make this decision, Well, you're set up for life. Here's a decision I want you to make. No matter what comes your way, no matter how difficult and how unfair, you will keep your heart right because then you will not only survive, but you will thrive. Can you make that decision now, today? Why do I say that? Friends, I have seen so many people with a wonderful future in God and they've lost it all because circumstances conspired, they got bitter and twisted, and they walked away. Some of them walked away from God, but others walked away from the destiny and the wonderful purpose God has for their lives. You see, God, as I said on last Friday, has a great future in store for you. Your life is not about your past. Your life is about the future and the future God has, his plans for you are for good and not for evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. So, Isaiah 45 verse three, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. In darkness, in every darkness you ever face, there are treasures to be found. Now, treasures, you think about treasures. Treasures are things that are really valuable. You wouldn't call it a treasure. Like if you have a a gold ring or some jewelry, that's that's a great treasure. And, you know, the woman really know all about that one. I feel sorry for you that have wives that, you know, need a lot of jewelry to keep them going because it's a very expensive deal. But, hey, the point is this. Treasures are really valuable. So that means that God has got some fantastic, valuable treasures for you that, sadly, can only be found in darkness, but they are called hidden riches, hidden, which means you actually have to look for them. Look, this has helped me so much over the last few days. I've faced some trials and crisis and pain. You might think, really? I said, yeah, really? Just in the last few days, I've, things have hit me and i thought, oh man, this is so hard to handle. But I've remembered my own preaching. Hey, that's a good thing, isn't it? And I've looked for a treasure and guess what? i found it. I have found it and I thought, wow. That is amazing. In fact, one of them was this, okay, very simply. I heard something and it was really painful for me. Then I was listening to a song. I said, God, how's this gonna work for me? I heard, listening to a song which says, I will praise Him in the promise and the pain. And when I listened to that song, I thought, okay, God, I'm gonna praise you in this pain. It was like I found a treasure, for that moment anyway, that in pain, we can praise Him. And God will work for us. So here's a question I want to I ask you. Where's the greatest challenge that you're facing today? Where is the greatest darkness? Is it being alone? Is it your financial loss? Is it the bubble you ended up in? Is it having kids? And what is your greatest darkness? Because here's the point. That's the place you're going to find the greatest treasure. That's where you've got to look. It's probably the place you don't want to look at, but I want to say, please look at it because there's going to be a treasure. You think of gold. Where do you find gold? In the darkest places of the earth under tremendous pressure, gold is formed. Sadly, that's where we get the jewels. That's where we get the treasures. And how many other testimonies of people through history who in the darkest hours would go back and say, that moment changed my life. That moment was a making of me. Yes, there are treasures in your darkness, but I have to say this, because this is the treasure I'm finding. What is the greatest treasure that you could come out with in any darkness you go through? What do you think that would be? Think about that, because I've got the answer for you, and I know the answer is right. (laughs) And the answer is this, the greatest treasure you can come out with is more of God. That's it, folks. Life is about more of God. The more of God you have, the happier you are, the more power you have, the more strength you have, the more hope you have, the more comfort you get. Everything comes, if we could only understand that, with more of God. And this crisis and any crisis is to get you into more of God. Make sure you go after that treasure. More time in prayer, more time in the Word, more time getting close to God. I heard this incredible story. Before I get to it, more time in prayer. You might be able to see my mug right here. All right, it says champion of prayer. And hey, why don't you become a champion of prayer? Now, that's a fantastic treasure you can get out of this crisis. All right. I heard this amazing story from COVID-19. I saw it online. There was this man who got COVID-19. He's in hospital on his own. He said for two nights, he didn't know whether he was going to live or die. He said the pressure was incredible. And he said, God, you've got to give me some strength. You've got to encourage me. You've got to help me through the situation. It's the best thing to do when you're struggling is to pray. He said the next night was like a night from hell. And sometimes once you've prayed, (laughs) it does get worse before it gets better. So don't stop praying. Just keep on praying. So anyway, what happens is he said that in an isolation ward, no one can see you. No family, no friends, no pastor. No one could come along. But God sent a cleaner. Yep, a cleaner. And the cleaner said, hang in there. Now the amazing thing is this cleaner had been a missionary in Nigeria for 14 years. Greatly used by God. And yet what impacted this man who's got COVID-19 was that this missionary was still excited about God. Still excited about reaching lost people and seeing people saved, even though he's now a cleaner and no longer a missionary. Somehow that encouraged this man's heart. And he said, God knows exactly the right person to send to you. The right person. Why don't you pray God sends you the right person? And anyway, as this man was leaving, the cleaner said, can I pray for you from the door, obviously from a distance. So they just prayed He said, God, Holy Spirit, have mercy on this man. Would you heal him, restore him, raise him up? and use him for your purposes. The guy testified, he said that night things began to turn around. But then an interesting thing happened. Suddenly he said he had this desire for prawn cocktail crisps and a can of cotton. So he said, God, is <laughs> there any way you can provide this for me? I a bit of a crazy prayer, something that you and I might pray on, not expecting anything to happen. Well, the next day the cleaner comes back and gives him a bag with some goodies in it, opens up the bag, and there's two oranges, okay. Then there's a can of Coke and there's a packet of prawn cocktail crisps. Wow. He said, God knows all about you. Your every need, your every desire, your every heart's cry. The smallest detail, he is a very, very personal God. This man's life, was forever changed. His relationship with God, you've got no doubt, would have gone to another level, all as a result of a disaster. COVID-19 and stuck in an isolation ward. In his darkest night, God was working good. He's with you, whatever you're facing. He is Emmanuel, God with us, but not only is he with us. He is working on your behalf, working miracles, working tremendous good. One of the most important and I think powerful scriptures that has got a hold of my heart during this crisis time is one of the treasures, rich treasures I've found is Romans 8, 28, which says, we know all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. We need to really believe that verse of scripture and I'll tell you why, because we all face trials, struggles and battles that make no sense that confuse us and that shatter us and upset us. And it's hard for us to believe that any good can come from this. That's why we need to believe. If we learn to live inside this massive promise, your life will be more stable than the rock of Gibraltar. John Piper says this, nothing can knock you over when you live inside the walls of this verse because you know God is in control of every aspect of your life and working for your good. Outside this verse, when you're not sure what God's doing, confusion, anxiety, fear, doubts, worry. Outside of this Romans eight, twenty-eight. outside of this verse. But once you walk through the door, and I want to encourage you, walk through the door into this massive, unshakable structure of Romans 28. Because when you do, everything changes. There comes stability, there comes strength, there comes hope, there comes faith. You simply can't be shaken when you know a sovereign, all-powerful God is working for your good in the midst of whatever you may be facing today. Romans 8:28. this is my point, is an unshakable fortress. Get inside that verse today. Meditate on it. Write it out. Put it on the wall. Memorize it. Get it inside you, and you will be set up for the rest of your life with greater strength than you could possibly imagine. You see, Joseph lived inside this fortress. He becomes the prime minister of Egypt, one of the most powerful nations of the day, and uh, it results in the saving of many, many people. One of the things about crisis and struggle is it brings forth and it calls forth the greatness that is in us. It really does. Somehow pressure can bring to the surface The call of God, the purposes of God, the plan of God in your life. That's exactly what happened for Joseph. It brought forth the greatness that was locked in us. But for many of us, that greatness is is sort of smothered under the pain and the hurts and the abuses and the troubles of the past. And we think there's nothing good in us. Sometimes it takes pressure to push through all the abuses, all the pain, all the... And you begin to see who you really are and what God has called you to be. So Gary Smalley is a great Christian uh, speaker and writer. And he talks about turning sandstorms into pearls. In other words, looking for the benefits and the hard things that we faced. His first two years of school, he was part of an experimental program that said, you know, kids will learn when they're ready. Well, Gary was never ready. (laughs) And so he fell way behind everyone else. He flunked third grade, which was absolutely humiliating. His family still tease him about that today. How could you possibly flunk uh, third grade? Uh, And for years, he could see nothing positive about his poor academic record. He was a poor reader and a poor speller. And that's a big handicap in life. But he found a pearl. He found a treasure. He ended up writing 12 books, which many of them became bestsellers. And he says the main reason that this treasure came out of his life was because he was a poor reader. Can you imagine that? God working good out of bad, poor reader, poor academic record. Because since he knew the struggle of a poor reader, he realized that books must possess a certain excitement to keep a reader's attention. And so it's not uncommon to go through 20 rewrites of a chapter um, before to get the ideal blend of content and excitement before the book was finished. This is what he says. Today he is so grateful to God, and he thanks God that he did so poorly at school. Treasure out of darkness. it called forth the greatness that was actually locked inside his life. So if, if life deals you a painful piece of sand, Turn it into a pearl. Here's a quote for you from Ken Boer. Suffering is not an elective in the university of life. It's a required course. Isn't that the truth? It's not an elective. Everybody faces it, you and me. I want to look just in this last time together of how God is working amazing good in his church. Because we've got to ask those questions, what's God doing in my life? But what is he also doing in the church? There's some things that I'm seeing. The first thing I'm seeing is that the church is becoming more loving and more connecting of one another. If you think about it, one of the greatest criticisms of the church, hasn't historically been, oh, there's not enough love in that place. God is changing that we're going to come out. The church is going to come out more loving than ever before. And then there's John 13, 25, which says, by this all will know you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, one of the greatest evangelistic tools is the love of God's people for one another, but also for those outside of the church. This is true in Church Unlimited. We're finding the love quotient is increasing. It's true in my own life. I've never felt so much care, love, and concern for the people in our church, but also people outside of our church than I do today. It's kind of like an amazing thing. This crisis is calling forth the love that is locked deep inside each, each and every one of us. It's a wonderful blessing and good that's coming out of this crisis. But there's another thing that I see that, and that is the church is reaching out more in reaching lost people. So while, while the world is in turmoil, we can be at peace. See, the world needs tangible evidence or witness of the difference God makes and how we can navigate calmly through a crisis, even while the challenges are still there. So people look at us and they think, how can you be so peaceful, so relaxed, even smiling, telling jokes in the midst of this crisis? Don't you know what's happening in the world? That's when we point them to Jesus. We say, hey, you need to know, God has got this all under control. He's not caught by surprise for one moment, and He is working fantastic good in this. Yes, we know people are dying, but in the midst of it all, our God is still on the throne. He's in control, and He is a Prince of Peace, which means in any trial, any circumstance, you can have peace in your heart. I have peace in my heart. I have calm in my heart right now. And so this is a great testimony for the church in this crisis to people all around us that Having God with us makes all the difference. While the world is reeling under the pressure of COVID, you watch the news, it's, oh man, it's unbelievable. We can have peace. Point people to Jesus. I saw another video on, online of this Anglican vicar. I think it must have been in the, United, in the UK. And he was requested by a family member or a couple to go and visit. So he gets his uh, van and drives down to the street. And so uh, he gets out of his van. He's got a microphone with him. And he says, um, hi, and then invites anyone in the street who wants to, to join him in singing Amazing Grace. And he said, look, you may not even know the song. You may not even believe the song. But he said, look, listen, if you sing it, I'm sure it's going to lift your spirits. And so the people, they began to sing the song. He played the song. And as he played it, i was watching the screen. And I thought, people started coming to the windows. People started coming out to their gates. They're smiling. People started coming out to the street. It was an amazing thing to watch. And then so he shared very briefly with them. He didn't preach the gospel to them, but he shared of a loving heavenly father that hears our prayers and if we'll just pray, he will hear our cry. He then prayed and said the Lord's Prayer. At the end, here's the point, people clapped and cheered. COVID-19 is a great opportunity for the gospel to go far and wide. In fact, we had a testimony from someone in one of our campuses who was a chaplain who works in a hospice. And people, who, she's having conversations with people who are previously not interested in God or anything religious. But now, because of their fear of COVID-19, they are actually ringing her and she's able to talk to them about God. COVID-19, God is using it for incredible good. Romans eight twenty eight is true for not only you personally, but also for the church of Jesus Christ. But the third thing I want to, uh, that I see and the one I wanna share about is that I believe the key to all that I've said today is an increase to see an increase of prayer in our own personal lives but also the global church and there's been a call to prayer and fasting going across the globe i've been watching it happen and uh, like never before and if the global church can be once again established as a house of prayer it will be an unstoppable force that will bring a global outpouring of the spirit transformations of communities, and the salvation of multitudes. The church has always and only ever advanced on its knees. I want to share with you a quote that's impacted me by Ian e. Bounds. He said, God shapes the world by prayer. God shapes the world by prayer. It goes on to say, every Christian can help shape the world through prayer. I want to say that each and every one of us, as believers in Christ, have been called by God to pray, and that your prayers and mine can shape the world. Why don't you say that with me? My prayers are shaping the world. You say, but I'm not a prayer. I'm not, I'm not a, I don't pray much. Look, a few whispers, a few words of prayer, two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, Every prayer, I've been saying this all along, makes a huge difference. I think one of the greatest goods that can come out of COVID-19 is that individual Christians and the church rise in prayer. They pray more than ever before. But think about it, that the prayers of the church shape the world. So the future of the world is in the hands of the church. We are the hope of the world. And if we will rise up and pray... Pray and fast and seek God like never before. We will shape the future destiny of the world and we'll bring about so much good. And, you know, it says, you know, uh, the world will be in a better place. God shapes the world by prayer. And uh, the more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be. That's what he inbound says. The more praying, the better the world will be. Let's believe God to use this COVID-19, for an outbreak of God. I want to finish with this prophetic word from David Wilkinson, 1986. Listen carefully. I see a plague coming on the world. Bars, churches, and governments will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. Wow. Wow. He just said, this plague is going to force a prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. And repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit. He goes on, out of this will come the third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. When I heard that, I thought, wow, 1986. He said it, bars, churches, government will shut down two key words that stand out there for me are prayer and repentance. That's the key to the future of the world. A global awakening would be the greatest good to come out of all the evil of COVID-19. It's my prayer, my hope, that this will be the church's finest hour. And that will come about if we will rise up in prayer like never before. Joseph was able to save multitudes physically from starving. The death and resurrection of Jesus, we go to an infinitely higher level of good. That's the salvation of mankind. Your salvation and my salvation. The The death and resurrection of Jesus will forever be the greatest moment in the history of the world. Happy Easter, everyone. Before I finish, I wanna just speak to those of you who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've never invited him to come into your life. Maybe you're going through struggles, trials, battles right now, and your life is just going downhill. You can't see any good any future, any hope in this. I want to say, if you give your life into the hands of God, give it in the hands of Jesus, He can take anything that's happening in your life, any disaster that's taken place, and turn it for good. It's not over. No matter where your life is at right now, it's not over. Give it to Jesus, and He will bring tremendous transformation in your life. Not only will he work good out of everything that you're going through, every trial that you are faced, but you will be saved. means that your sins are forgiven and you spend an eternity with God in heaven forever. John 3.16, many of you know it. For God so loved the world, includes you. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, go to the wrong place, but have everlasting life. God wanted you to hear this message. He really did. Why? Because he loves you so much. He's after you. He's chasing you. He desires a relationship with you, that your sins be forgiven, but also that you spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. He can't bear the thought of you not getting to heaven. And also, he's got so much good that he wants to work in whatever you're facing in your life today. I want to encourage you to give your heart to Jesus. Or maybe you're away from God. Maybe you got bit and twisted, but it's time to come back to him. I wanna pray for you as well. If that is you, why don't you pray this very, very simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for this Easter Sunday where you died and rose again and you gave your life for me. I confess my sins and I ask you to forgive me today. Now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please do press the button on the screen We'd love to be in touch with you and contact with you. If you're watching on Shine, please contact them at Shine or as you can contact us, info at churchunlimited.co.nz. Right now, we're going to sing a fantastic song. It's called Yours. The praise is yours. As we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus, praise can rise from our hearts in thanksgiving and appreciation in, in, in our love for God, for what He has done for us at such incredible cost and price to Himself. So can I encourage you, focus in on the words, stand with me and stand together, and let's just really give God the praise that He deserves.